Let's turn to First Peter, chapter one. We were, last week we were looking at the streams and source of our salvation in First Peter. That was point J. So we've been through different ones in the first chapter. And for those who are not able to make it or are scared of us that are here <laughs> or just taking precautions, welcome to the. Oh, I look up at the camera. That's right. I have to get used to looking at it back there now. <laughs> Uh, welcome to the service this evening if you're at home. Put that coffee down, put it down the sink and get concentrating. Who had, who had coffees while they were doing service? Yeah, that's to keep you awake because it was a boring preacher, right? <laughs> Just a co- you're a coffee addict. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, the same. <clears throat> First Peter. We've seen the supreme cost of our salvation. We're going back there for two words tonight. Lord willing, we'll get to that. In the, that we didn't cover when we were there. And last week, the streams and source of our salvation. The streams and source of our salvation. Who is it that gets us interested in or listening to the gospel? Who was it that did that for us? We looked at two things that God uses. The Holy Spirit. Yep, and the Word of God. The Scriptures and the Spirit is what we looked at last week. Let's pray and ask the Lord's blessing. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come here tonight and meet together. Lord, we uh, do thank you that none of us have got any or had any disease that has been going around. Lord, we do pray for our government that they would allow the things that are proper and that are safe. We ask your blessing on our time tonight and our fellowship, for we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for praying for me. My voice is much better than it was. And um, Chris and Rachel said, why were we praying for your voice? (laughs) I said, because it was all hoarse and croaky and I was coughing all the time. We didn't hear it. Robbie's been marking them all and taking them out. And one, and that's how I know whether I'm doing good or bad. I said, how many tonight? He said, 64 in half an hour. That's every 30 seconds, apparently. And he took a mouth. And the next week I said, I did real good tonight. He said, 35. <laughs> so <clears throat> he knows how many are going up there. But tonight it's live, so you'll hear the croaks. Um, <clears throat> the stream and source of our salvation. One part we didn't get to in referring Last week, to this, we, we went right through the Holy Spirit, well, as much as we need, but some of the scriptures that we didn't, a portion of that. Why the scriptures? Why, God, why did God use the scriptures to, as a source of our salvation? Why not just pass it down from generation to generation, you know, word of mouth? What would have happened? Changed. Changed. Look at churches everywhere, traditions that they have totally off from the Bible, nothing like it. And the same happened in Israel. So the scriptures were given. <clears throat> Thinking about the scriptures, how were they given? Second Timothy 3.16 tells us, it gives us a hint there. All scripture. So how were they given? Inspiration. Inspiration of whom? The Holy Spirit. So all scripture is given that way. 
And that's 2 Timothy 3.16. There is inspiration. And then after there is inspiration, you know, we have referred to in the Bible, I think it's this one, the book of Enoch. Now, that's referred to in the scriptures. But do we have the book of Enoch? No. Why not? How did that happen then? Who, who said yeah? Who said no? <laughs> uh, okay, you're getting closer. <laughs> what did it have to make it into? Canon. <laughs> the canon. Not a bang gun. <laughs> the canon. And there were certain stipulations. Several stipulations they had to have and it didn't meet all the criteria. <clears throat> but in 1 Corinthians 13.10... It says there, when that which is perfect is come. And that is a completed revelation. And so they were still under inspiration, writing the scriptures when that was written. And so it was, it, Corinthians was included. And when that which is perfect is come, that which is in part, which is the sign gifts, shall be done away with. And you, you can use that scripture there, that chapter on love, to refer to that. Paul, <coughs> I mean... Peter in his writings in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 16 or 15 and 16 says this and see if you can get one of the points that included the book, a book of the Bible, a book of the New Testament in scripture. See if you can pick it up as we read verse 15 and 16 an account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation even as our beloved brother Paul also according to the wisdom given unto him hath written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of things which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do other scriptures unto their own destruction. Did you pick anything up there that would say this is included in the canon? Okay, he said the epistles of Paul, and then later on in the verse, what did he call them? other scripture <laughs> so what is he saying Paul's writings are scripture bang <laughs> that's a whole whole bunch of them isn't it <laughs> you know let's see how many did he write Romans first and second Corinthians Ephesians back up Galatians Ephesians Philippians Colossians probably Hebrews <laughs> Yeah, Philippians, or uh, Titus, Philemon, Thessalonica, first and second. So there's a whole heap just included in. So see how it happened? And it wasn't too hard. And there were other stipulations. So they, they canonized the scripture. Early church did that, put it in when that which is perfect, completed. Because if it's not, it's a never ending thing, then the book of Revelation, chapter 22, there, if anybody, what does it say? adds to or takes away his name will be taken out of the book of life so it's pretty important so who was behind the people canonizing the scripture the lord when it was completed and uh, we can be pretty sure that if if he can inspire it if he, he did inspire it then he's sure to canonize it and get men to do that correctly there's something else that's involved in in the scriptures that is important 
And we hear a lot about it today in the argument for King James or, or um, the received text or Textus Receptus or the Alexandrian text, the other lot. And what is it that God, it starts with P, preserved his scripture, preservation of scripture. And this is what we have in Peter in our reference, and that's why I'm bringing it out in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 23. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. Incorruptible, that means it doesn't rot, does it? (laughs) It's forever by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever, the preservation of Scripture, all of it. It will be preserved, and it has been preserved. Do you think we've got the Bible that God wants us to have today? Have we got the original writings? Do we have Paul's letter to the Corinthians? None of them. We don't have any of them. But what's assuring that the, like the Dead Sea Scrolls were, found, were written 300 years before Christ, they were found in 1900-something. And is there any difference between the Isaiah that we have and the Isaiah that was in those scrolls? No. no. Preservation of Scripture, you see. And that just shows, that really shut a lot of critics up, <laughs> finding them. Um, <clears throat> verse 25, But the word of the Lord, what does it do? Endures forever. Endures forever. So that's the preservation of Scripture. The Bible says it will be preserved, just as it has been given, inspired, canonised, preserved. And <clears throat> the next one can get a bit iffy. I'm up here talking to you about the Bible. What have I done before I got here? I have, as you do when you read the Bible. Yeah, we should do that. Okay. What else? Study, yeah, we'll get, that's, that's the next point, I think. <laughs> yep. But you do it every time. You do it when you read a book. That's not the Bible. It starts with I. You interpret the scriptures. Is that a problem today? Yeah. Why have we got all the denominations? Because of interpretation. And so this is where it can break down. But God's not responsible for that. He inspired it. He had got it canonised. And he's preserved it. But then people bust it up by their wrong interpretation. You see how important it is when you read the Bible to, to have the correct interpretation? Have you ever found that you've been reading something and believed something for a long time and then all of a sudden after a long time, it can be decades, oh, I had that wrong. <laughs> I had that wrong. Let me show you one that I'll have to admit too that I had wrong. Okay, <laughs> let's go to back to. Um, I'll find it. It's not Romans. I think it's in Corinthians. <clears throat> uh, it's not that. It's not First Corinthians. Let's see. Oh, maybe I went to the wrong book. <laughs> yes, Second Corinthians, chapter one, verse ten. I really sounded good, I reckon. I had it down pat. (laughs) And Paul said this in verse 10, Who delivered us from so great a death, and doth deliver us, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. What does that say? What could you put on that one? Eternal security. You could say the Lord delivered us in salvation. 
in the past. He is delivering us, and this is my interpretation, was my interpretation, and he will deliver us from the wrath to come. That sounds pretty good. That's Bible in other verses of Scripture, but not in this one. You see, read it in its context. What is Paul's talking about? He's talking about all the problems he had and the consolation he got from Christ when he went through problems and the Lord preserved him. And so he, the Lord's delivered us, Paul, from the problems around. He is delivering, he doth deliver us now and he will deliver us in the future. And he's talking about his life with the people he worked with and so you have to put it in its context, otherwise you could make it mean. We could say, well, this is not the interpretation, here's an application. So we have to be careful with interpretation. And where's one big area <laughs> that we have to be careful in our interpretation of things? What area of uh, doctrine? Prophecy. I get all the answers out of front, you see them too close. <laughs> the, the prophecy. Because we could jump to... Uh, Dates, we could jump to conclusions, which people have, and they bring disrepute upon the name of the Lord. So <clears throat> here in First Peter, hidden away, tucked away, we find some of these things mentioned. There's the, the fifth. There's inspiration, canonization, preservation. I, I don't know if I put even this in the outline. Um, <clears throat> and we haven't got the outline. It's up on WhatsApp. Uh, interpretation. And uh, how we interpret that. Well, there's a verse that goes with interpretation. Favourite verse from Awana, 2 Timothy 2.15. Study to show yourself to prove work. No. Study yourself yourself to be approved work and rightly dividing the word of truth. Something like that. (laughs) But we rightly dividing the word of truth. There's a little booklet put out, dare I say his name. Schofield? Ah, I just got shot. <laughs> I still got Schofield Bible. <laughs> OK. <laughs> Good. Yeah. <laughs> we, had, we had that chap in Bible College. He sung, he put it to a tune. Um, oh. my, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and, and that... My hope is built on nothing less than Schofield's notes and references or something like this. <laughs> <laughs> he was an amill person, so that's why he said it. Because they blame Schofield for bringing in the pre-trib and the millennium and everything. Absolutely not. I've got a letter from a Presbyterian. A, a Presbyterian. Hear that? <laughs> I repeat it. Before Schofield was born, before D. Day Darby, Darby, the the fellow that also wrote like Schofield, before he was even around, Presbyterian, preaching what we preach. And guess what? Those in the first hundred years of church history, they wrote the same. And they were apostles or followers of John, who wrote Revelation. Who you want to trust? <laughs> this is the guys. In. So <clears throat> interpretation, let's study to rightly divide the word of truth. Little book, that's right, I was going back, Schofield. And then there's another book about the heretic, Schofield. I got both. And the person that gave me the heretic one said, I, it makes me sick to read this, I don't believe it. I don't know who gave it to her, but she said, you can have it. 
And I just breathed through a bit and thought, yeah, they're lying about what they said. <clears throat> anyway, the, the fifth one, we're not going to get past this tonight. The fifth one, inspiration, canonization, preservation, interpretation, and something else. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. The last two verses of the book of Matthew. Well, let's see. Go ye. I let that get started. Go ye into all the world and do what? Preach the gospel. Last two verses, is it not yet? Teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. What's this one? What do we do with the word? Yes, we study it. We interpret it, but then we apply it, teach it, propagate it. The propagation of the truth. Say that again, Doug. Read it, teach it, and seed it. Seed it. That's what he said. Seed it. Yep, spread it. <laughs> Sow the good seed of the word. Yep, like the sower did. And <clears throat> he would go ye therefore. So that's the propagation. <clears throat> so, why the scriptures? Why are they important? Because of these very reasons. God has placed a lot of importance on it. People down through the centuries have died for it. We have it in our hands, and I pray, in our hearts tonight. <clears throat> so the biggest place of this being infected with a, a, vir- a virus, in those five points, which one is the most, the one that can go off easy? Because it involves humans. <laughs> Interpretation, the interpretation, and we ought to be careful. Second Peter, chapter three. Let's go there in verse sixteen. <clears throat> so I can't ask questions when we're doing a video thing. That's good. We've been able to do that, but it makes you think. I I trust. Second Peter three sixteen. We're there before. Yeah. Also in his epistles, speaking in them, he's talking about Paul's epistles, which he called scripture, of things which are some things hard to be understood. And this is the case. If we're going to interpret the scriptures, we're going to teach to others. We need to do what Second Timothy three. uh, 2.15 says study because some things are hard to be understood. Some things are hard to be grasped. And some things we might mess up on. So we need to be careful. And that's the danger that there. (coughs) Jude, just over a bit to verse 3. Jude in verse 3, and he was about to write unto them of the common salvation. When I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort that you should earnestly contend for the faith which once was delivered unto the saints. It was delivered by the Lord's preaching, the apostles' preaching, and the scriptures that were given. And so he said, even at that early stage, I need to make sure that you contend for the faith correctly. It all comes back to 
how do you interpret the scriptures, doesn't it? If we're going to go off, we're going to go off on that area. Why do people interpret the scriptures in the wrong way? What is it that motivates them to do that? They can be. Human, human, humanizers. Carnal, yeah? What? Okay, spiritualizing the scriptures. That's how they do it, but why? Come into the Bible with what you think it should say. God wouldn't condemn anyone to hell. Let's take hell out. <laughs> and the preachers do that. I don't need the blood of Christ to atone for my soul. Said the brother of our one former treasurer of our country. I heard him say it. He's a philanthropist. He he the that former treasurer under Mr Howard. I'll leave you to find the name out. <laughs> and, and, and if you come to the scripture like that, what are you going to do with the precious blood of Christ, which I wanted to get to tonight, but we haven't? Take it out. I don't need it. Um, if you've been brought up in a church and that's all you've known for your life, what's the hard thing to do? Get rid of tradition. What Tradition. And what's Bible? What's truth? That there's a real hard inter thing to, to brother Dunn, You you had to you were in the Uniting Church. Mm. Yeah, well, the Uniting Church was was liberal when we went in there. But um, in the few years we were there, it just got to a point where there was no other option but to leave. Mm -hmm. And sent you. They had no. Well, they basically falling over themselves to be humanists. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what have they done since you've left? <laughs> well, maybe what haven't they done? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it has. Um, well, for example, they don't have any problem with homosexual mm -hmm. uh, ministers They're everywhere. Women, women preachers, or not, uh, not a sexist in that sense, but the Bible says, and Paul mm -hmm. makes it quite plain that uh, yep. a woman should not have authority over a man. But the problem is that the men have left the vacuum. Mm. Mm. That's it. Mm -hmm. Women have stepped in because there's nobody else. Yep. It's our fault. Mm -hmm. It's not the women's fault, it's our fault. And on Judgment Day, it'll be revealed all that. Yep. Mm. And since that time, United Church has just become something like a, a social club. They're not strong on gospel preaching. They haven't dropped the name church, but <laughs> and called it, you know, whatever club of yeah, the community. It's more like going to the bowling club than going to a church. Mm -hmm. And so that, you see, if you've got that preconceived idea, you're going to defend where you're going. Um, <clears throat> like with the homosexual idea... And what happened? Well, well, wait a minute. What about Lot? And what? Oh, that wasn't the wickedness. That wasn't a sin of sodomy. That's what this, these people say. It was another sin that they were destroyed for. They they have to admit it was destroyed by God. That's that's a fact. But they'll change why it was destroyed. The scriptures don't um, soften the blood at all. No, no. It's a it's an abomination, the same as lying lips. Yep. yep. Um, 
So it's important, isn't it? <laughs> the Bible is important. That's a seed that we were saved by. And if, if we're, we're saved by it, boy, it has to be right. <laughs> Otherwise, we're not saved. And it has to be pure, it has to be clean, it has to be authoritative. Praise God, it doesn't change. And it doesn't change, it's immutable, yep. yeah. It is the word, the living word. Hmm. So that's a few thoughts for tonight and we'll go on to our outline for this week, next week. <laughs>